<laughs> Happy holidays from the North Pole. This is the Odd Bits and End Pieces first Christmas special. All the elves have been busy preparing scrumptious songs and spicy skits for you to enjoy this holiday season. Our Christmas show special players, uh, elves, are Lee Johnson, Riley McNutt, Becca Hart, Kirsten Rodow, John Paul Gamoki, Anita Ruth, and Joan Griffith. Sound engineer Jose Rodriguez. <laughs> so sit back in front of your fireplace, enjoy an eggnog or two, and enjoy the odd bits and end pieces holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> this is a backstage peek at what happened on the foggiest Christmas Eve ever and how one reindeer saved Christmas. <laughs> oh, foggy out there, huh? It really is, isn't it? And it's almost time for you to load up and head out. What? Oh, crap. Christmas Eve already? You work one day a year, Santa. You think you would remember. But this fog, how the heck am I going to find the right houses? I don't Oh, magic? You can see every child when they're sleeping. Uh, it's a completely different skill set, and it's not as creepy as the song makes it sound. Sure, honey. I just get alerts on my Naughty List app when they do bad things, and on my Nice List app when they do good things. You use the App Store? <laughs> it's a custom app the elves baked up. It comes with cookies. And it's custom for you to deliver tonight. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going. Oh, hey, why don't you ask that new kid? to join. The one with the headlamp on his face? Oh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, uh, Randy. No, no, no. Jude, Judy. No. Flasher. No. Beats me. Go ask Vixen or Comet. Oh, you know how much grief I would get from Vixen? You don't know one of your reindeer team alternates? Oh, <laughs> not looking like leadership material to me. One seminar, and he thinks he's upper management. Otherwise, you can step outside and shout that you need a light-up reindeer. Oh, thanks, missus. <laughs> You've been so helpful. We're married. You can call me Eileen. My reindeer! Who's the one with the light on his face? Seriously? Hey, Donner, yeah, it's a peace super out here. Uh, we could use the visibility. I always thought that lights in the fog just make the fog more visible. Oh, this'll work. They'll write songs about it. Uh, what's that kiddo's name? Rudolph. It's Blitzen's kid. Another one? Sweet. Sleigh bells, Blitzen. Give it a rest. Oh, look, there he is now. Well, you certainly can see him coming. <laughs> oh, hey, Rudolph. Want to guide my sleigh? What? Santa wants you, kid. Join the team. Oh! Did Dancer take a spill? I know her ankles were bothering her. No, no, no. Nothing like that. We just thought you're, uh, you know, the thing that, well, the special skill would be ideal for the situation. Oh, yeah? Excellent! I'll go grab my bongos. Bongos. They were just watching the movie Drumline, and uh, those are the only drums the elves are making right now. No, no bongos necessary. I was referring to your, um, uh, you know, the thing that, well, the lambent facial tendencies. Huh? Your red shiny nose? Oh, great. That's all anyone sees. My giant hawking nose that blinds everyone around me. Well, it's right in front of my eyes. How do you think I'm going to see anything when I'm shining it full on? Oh, how about I lend you a flashlight? 
We're giving out PS5s, aren't we? Well, the elves can probably have the tech to make you some lamps with double A's. Jesus, Santa, you know why it's so damn foggy, don't you? <laughs> Greenhouse gases, no. global climate change. As things get warmer, the snow evaporates into the air. Huh. Maybe don't drop coal in the lap of all the naughty people out there. Oh, you were naughty. Ate tuna that wasn't dolphin safe. Uh, you invested in an oil company that lets billions of gallons of oil spill in the Gulf. Oh, you don't sort your recycling. Here's a stocking full of carbon emissions. But Rudolph... What, Santa? What is it? Your your nose is is about as clean as energy gets. No batteries to go into a landfill. No fossil fuel burning to generate the charges in the batteries. You, Rudolph, would be saving the planet one nice child at a time. Oh, fine. But no coal. <laughs> it's a deal. Awesome. Let me go grab my sunglasses. Kids these days. I'll make sure he doesn't point his nose at any airplanes. <laughs> Mrs. Claus suggested we do something jazzy in the show. The Divine Miss M was not available to sing for us, but we got the Divine Miss K. Kirsten Rodow to take us on this jazzy, joyous junket celebrating the Christmas season of Cool Yule. <laughs> Strip. Somebody's gonna make a happy trip tonight When the moon is bright He's gonna have a bag of crazy toys To give the grown-ups and the girls and boys So dig, Santa comes on big He'll come a-calling when the snow's the most When all the cats are sleeping Like the tale of a Christmas carol, Riley McNutt, a very good boy, wrote us a tale of Christmas past, present, and future with dry humor, a sly wit, and social commentary only a native of Wisconsin could have. <laughs> Oh, Mumsy! 
mind I have a peek in my Christmas sock, please? You know the rule. You must first finish hand-knitting your little sister's Holiday Queen Victoria jammies. This is, after all, 1857, the 20th year of our Divine Majesty's reign. But, Mumsy, I'm all out of purple and red. I cannot possibly find violets this time of year to crush into new dye. I suppose I could use the last of our holiday red wine for its colour, but then I wouldn't be able to top off your glass. Oh, go on then. There's a good girl. Mummy needs her nourishment. So then, Mumsy, since I can't finish the jammies tonight, might I just have the teensiest, weensiest of peaks? Oh, very well. But only the smallest possible moment of a teensy-weensy, teeny-tiny peak. Not a teach more, young lady. Oh, it will be so small that even an atomic vibration will not have... Dear, this is 1857. No talk of atomic physics yet. Oh, of course, dearest Mumsy. I prostrate myself before your good sense, or I would if I wasn't afraid of getting soot all over from the cooking fire that we have, which is period appropriate. Least said, soonest mended. Go on, have a peep. Grand, I wonder what could be in this hanging sock. Oh, tis an orange, Mumsy. I'm so Happy. I'm so very glad you like it. Like it? This is, as we have twice stated, 1857, and oranges are rather difficult to come by in Victorian London. Oh, happiest of Christmases, Mumsy! Good God. It's almost 2022. One week to New Year's. Mom, Christmas is first. We can't skip presents. Oh, fine, sure. Tomorrow morning you'll get some stuff from Santa. He's not quarantining. But there's something in my stocking already. I want to check now! Anna, first finish picking out the new pajamas for your little sister on Amazon. But Mom, the tablet's still on batteries and the charger's all the way over there. If you want, I could unplug the wine fridge to charge it right here. No, 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 no. That's fine. Just... Finish it tomorrow morning. Mommy needs her nourishment. So, I can look now, right? Mm, whatever. Yes! I know I deserve a pile of gifts. I bet it's an iPhone or an Oculus Quest virtual reality headset with every game already purchased for it. Oh, baby, don't get your hopes up that high. But I know I deserve it. Let's see it. It's a fucking orange! Language, you little shit. Back in the day, you would have murdered people for that. Yeah, definitely murdered people over something you'd buy at Costco by the million. Oh, be grateful it wasn't a lump of coal. I swear, kids these days. OMG, coal? Global warming much? Uh, be greener, you're so old. I am a millennial, you entitled little brat. Okay, boomer. Twenty-one thirty-three. We made it through another year. Almost. Christmas is tomorrow. Let's not skip the best day of the year. Plus, the temperature has dipped below 70 degrees today. It's a beautiful Canadian winter. Was there any of the jerky left for your sister? Yes, just a bit of the 100% rat. And I had her try on the new rat pelt PJs. Oh, good. I hope they fit. She loves the fur and rat jerky. I do too. Oh, honey. 
You just wait till you see what we are having for Christmas dinner. I'm so excited. More powdered wine? Mmm, please. Add a little more of the ditch water if you would. The last glass was a bit grainy. I can't wait to see if I get anything this year. You know Santa will bring you something. They used to use something called socks to put gifts in, but we have since lost the technology. I wonder what a sock would look like. I bet it was magical, but I'm happy with my gobbled-together plastic bits shoe. I'll just check to make sure I left it where it should. No peeking until tomorrow morning. How did you know? You are so obvious, honey. But I can't wait. Can't I just have a quick little peep? I promise I won't take anything out. I've been hopping on one foot throughout day so that I could leave the shoe sitting by the cook fire to give Santa all the time he needs. All right. One little peek. Oh boy. Oh boy. I can't bear it. Ah! It's an orange. Oh, Ma, how did you find it? It was Santa, dearie. It most certainly was not. You have much better taste than that old man. Oh, fine then. You got me. We saved all year for one for you and one for your sister. There is still one existing orange grove out in Norway where it isn't too hot yet. Thank you, Ma. Best Christmas ever. <laughs> I swear by the Christmas spirit that that was not me with that woman. <laughs> I was framed, I tell you, framed. Somebody wanted to sully my name, but good always triumphs, and I was vindicated. <laughs> well, the point is, I have so many helpers, I can't keep track what all of them are doing on Christmas Eve. It's enough to keep an eye on my Randy Elves. <laughs>
<laughs> the Odd Bits and End Pieces gang has had a lot of laughs doing the game show, but one player, Anita Ruth to be exact, is close to being on the naughty list. She sometimes get a little too competitive with the guests on the show, but she's so darn cute and smart, <laughs> it's hard to keep her on the naughty list. I just feel sorry for that handsome host of the game show, having to deal game in and game out with her competitive energy. I can just see her and Vince Lombardi saying, Winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. <laughs> Welcome to the Odd Bits and End Pieces Holiday Game Show, where no matter how hard you try, you just can't beat Anita Ruth. Our contestants today are Becca Hart, Kirsten Rodow, and Anita Ruth. How's everybody doing tonight? Hey, let's just get on with it. Okay, here we go. Okay. Our first question. What was the name of the star the Magi fought? Yes, Becca. The Star of Bethlehem. That is correct. Boom! Becca has one point. Christmas hey, wins. You didn't even you didn't even get the question out. I know. Yeah, but Did you, know you look at the amazing? answers? She had no. the right answers, so that counts. <laughs> and you know what? I'm in the holiday giving spirit, so people are nice. Kirsten, you're gonna get extra points. Okay, question two. What real person was Santa Claus based on? Yes, Becca. Saint Nicholas. Okay, where was Saint Nicholas a bishop of? Ireland. No. Dang it. Anybody know that? No, I didn't think so. Uh, what century was St. Nicholas in? The 6th. No. Yes, Anita? 16th. No, the 4th. So you still get a point, Becca. Yeah! Wait a minute. She was wrong. Oh, no, this is just fun the way Christmas should be. <laughs> Question number three. What is the actual birth date of Jesus? Yes, Anita? 1 A.D. 1 A.D. is incorrect. Becca, Kirsten, it's okay to be wrong. Yes, Kirsten. April 5th. April 5th is not right. Becca? Uh, let's say December 25th. No, December 25th is wrong. Scholars believe it was between the 6th and 4 B.C. It is not stated in any of the Gospels or any historical reference, so I'm going to give everyone a point. Whoa! I'm okay. on the board. You're on the board, Kirsten. The song, White Christmas, was originally performed in what film? Yes, Becca. White Christmas. No. What? That, that is incorrect. Yes, Anita. Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn is uh. correct. Now, if anybody gets this, I'm going to give you three extra points. <laughs> Bing sang this song 13 years earlier on what radio show? Yes, Becca. The Ed Sullivan? No, that is incorrect. You're not going to get this. The Craft Music Hall. Oh, I was just going <laughs> to oh, say you that. No, I'm still going to give Anita a point because she was right there. Okay, we're going to skip the next question for some reason. What Christmas movie was shot 25 years ago, 1996, in Minnesota with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Phil Hartman, and Sinbad? Yes, Anita. Jingle All the Way? Yes! Nice. Oh! So wow. the scores right now are Anita three, Becca three, Kirsten one. Okay, our next question. It's like golf scores, though. It's like all scores, yes. What is the name of the group that Ann Michaels performs every year with at Christmas time? The yes. George Maurer. That is correct. <laughs> Very good. We have two questions left. Good luck. 
Why do we kiss under the mistletoe? Anyone? Bueller. Bueller. Because it's... Yes, Kirsten. It's safer than doing it in the bushes. (laughs) (laughs) Depends what bushes. No, the origins of kissing under the mistletoe can be traced to a tale in Norse mythology about the god Baldr. In many tellings, Frigg, his mother, declares the mistletoe to be a symbol of love after her son's death and promises to kiss anyone who passes underneath it. I'm sorry, what? Really fun, (laughs) really fun when you're toasting eggnog and want to impress your friends. Really fun when your son just died and you're (laughs) toasting. What in the world is that? Hey, she wanted the neck under the mistletoe. Good (laughs) for her. Okay, last question. It's a quickie. Everyone mourns differently. What is Boxing Day? Yes, Anita. It's the day that the English servants observe giving presents. Anybody else? Yes. Is it the day after Christmas for British people? Yeah, anybody else? January 20th. (laughs) No, what it is, is you're both right. It's a holiday celebrated the day after Christmas. Originally was the day to give gifts to the poor, celebrating St. Stephen, but has recently been celebrated as a shopping holiday. So I'm going to give Anita a point, Becca a point. You each have four points. There's a tie. And Kirsten, everybody plays the tiebreaker, so everyone's still in this. Our last question, the tiebreaker. How many candles are typically on an Advent wreath? Yes, Becca. Four. No. What? Yes. Eight. No. Yes. Twelve. No, five. You got the four (laughs) weeks of Advent plus the Christmas Eve candle. In the middle? In the middle, yes. Well, that's not on the wreath. Oh, but it's close. Okay, we got one more, and this is the last question. If nobody gets this, everybody wins. I'm going to read a list of Santa's original reindeer. Tell me which reindeer is missing. Dasher, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid. Yes, what? Dancer. No. Which reindeer is missing? Dasher, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, and Rudolph. Anita? Kirsten? Fred. Fred is incorrect. Shoot. Anita? Anything? Okay, you're all winning because none are missing. Oh! Merry Christmas! No, you didn't and say And that's di- the game show. Thank you so much for playing. <laughs> Santa's favorite odd bits and end pieces player, Joan Griffith, gives us an instrumental version of Christmas Time is Here, composed by Vince Guaraldi. It's such a a beautiful, meaningful piece. It takes me back to another time and planet. Well, it just brings a tear to my eye. Darn it, Joan, stop making me cry.
how will we be remembered in the future? It's a thought that haunts the most learned and simple folk at the same time. Misconceptions, name changes, and judgments will be altered by the right of time and space. So picture, if you will, a time and place into the future in the sand and claws zone. <laughs> Moving on, here are some of the trappings of the various celebrations and festivals of the solstice from the ancients. Festivals. I love these ancient celebrations. So brutal. So, how have you learned about all this stuff? Well, there was a period in human history when they made everything out of something called plastic, which basically lasts forever and kills baby ducks and turtles. Is that uh, something from an ancient breed of tree? Actually, plastic was made of ancient fossilized corpses of animals and plants and buried deep deep underground. <laughs> they would melt it and pour it into molds to make everything from medical supplies to decorative fruit. Huh, they ate it? So it would seem. Now, of course, their digestive systems were much more resilient than ours thanks to having to deal with something called fast food. I imagine they didn't have time to chew. If it was so fast, it might run away. Exactly right. But Thanks to the practice of eating and building with the plastic, we have a pretty good idea of how they spent their various religious observations. Cool. What's this here? Is it plastic? Yes, it is. And this is known as a Yule log. Now, you'll notice it doesn't look like a yew tree at all, but something called a pine. They disappeared when the snow no longer fell anywhere. Uh, snow? It's like sand. But it melts. Wait! That yule log looks like the tree they would decorate with food and hide gifts under, right? Uh, for the children? Oh, yeah. This is for the massive X. Very good. So it is. They would burn this plastic tree as a sacrifice to the desert god of predators. Were there a lot of trees in the desert? Oh, now we don't think so, which makes it a pretty impressive sacrifice. The god of sand and claws, they called him. His coat stained red with the blood of his prey. These primitive gods are so fascinating. We have it on good authority that sand and claws captured, tamed, and kept a team of reindeer. <laughs> Eight or nine of them, depending on the song you listen to. They would fly him from house to house to leave the toys and candy under the trees. So what, he broke into houses? He's a god. He didn't have to break in. I'm sure he was invited with his pleas for his supplicants' lives. More like pleas for snacks. He actually slipped down the fireplace chimney. Slender fellow, was he? And didn't he get burned? He was a god. A skinny little god. Oh, not really skinny at all. He would fill his ample stomach with, if the ancient verse is true, jelly. No kidding. Every day. What kind? Oh, the poem doesn't say. So he left toys and candy for the family's young? 
A predator god leaving treats? Oh, that's under the plastic U-log they burn, right? Precisely. Now we think it was some kind of culling rite, removing the most gullible, greedy, or weakest of the offspring. There was a tradition of baking small simulacra of humans made of ginger and bread that we believe symbolized the ritualistic burning. It was all in the files he kept on every child against their good behavior. In the socks over there? It looks like they're hung over a wood-burning fire. Indeed. Now, since those were made of fabric, we had to recreate them using anecdotal evidence. You'll notice that a few of them are actively smoking. The stories say that bad children had their stockings filled with coal. Fuel for warmth doesn't sound like a punishment to me. Now, we believe that they were hung there to heat up the coal to burning temperature and then placed on the children's feet. There was a lot of burning back then. Seems like. Those were harsher times. And this is precisely the period in history that the climate really began to shift on this planet. Well, that's quite the lesson to take from history. I'll take it to heart. Burning fuel from fossils. And burning children. Yes, and burning children is bad. Or else, as the ancient song of worship goes, sand and claws will torch your whole town. (laughs) (laughs) There are no words to describe Lee Johnson. None, not a (laughs) nunu. But let me say there is no one who works harder at finding facts than the truth. That said, I just want to know on a personal level. (laughs) Why there is no cookies for me at Lee's house the last three years? Does he think I'm fat? Has he been talking to Mrs. Kloss? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) But I sure would like a scientific Lee explanation. These are men with science on the brain. Facts on things like how to make it rain. Everyone loves to learn with glee. He's constantly, Lee. fastidiously, Lee. authentically, Lee. enormously, Lee. helpfully, Lee. soulfully. Lee. He's our man of fact, scientifically. Welcome back to another volume of Scientific Lee Speaking, where we do quick little dives into a variety of topics surrounding nature, space, and science. You won't find too many jokes here, as the following humor is derived from just how fun time and space around us can be. With the holidays upon us, we figured we'd tackle something a bit different. Let's take a famous piece of theological lore associated with the holidays and discuss it scientifically with cold, hard, unrelenting facts. Now, this is not a repudiation of anyone's beliefs. It's all in the name of fun and science. This week, we'll be exploring the Bethlehem star from the Christian faith, which may not be as straightforward of an answer as you may think. First, a small bit of impressively condensed background from the Christian mythos. It is said when Jesus Christ was born that a star shone bright in the east. Three men, interchangeably referred to as magi, wise men, or kings, were said to have traveled from the east to Jerusalem to ask the regent, and I'm quoting scripture here, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. The Magi were rerouted to Bethlehem by the city's priests, citing a prophecy coming true. To find Jesus, it is said they followed this very same bright star from the east, the Bethlehem star, until it led them to the house where Jesus and his mother were. 
Now, to sort out what star these three men followed, we must first talk about some geography. Depending on who you ask, you'll get a different answer on where these magi came from. One source said one came from each Persia, Arabia, and India. Another account I researched suggested they came from the ancient kingdom of Sheba, whose location is disputed, but may have been in modern-day Sudan, or possibly the region in or around modern-day Yemen. To travel to Jerusalem, these men would have needed to walk very far north and or very far west. Further complicating our quest today is the timeline of such a journey from start to finish. It is suggested these three magi came upon Jesus sometime after his birth, meaning the star they first saw likely would have shifted out of view until the very next year. We can even ignore that last fact and still find ourselves in a scientific conundrum. These three magi had to travel some 7 to 10 miles south of Jerusalem to arrive at Bethlehem, and it is said that this part of the journey was guided by this star they had originally seen in the east, and that it stopped right above where Jesus and his mother lay. So, what star in the night sky was it? Which star could be seen in the east and guide these men on their journey south? The answer is, well... It's complicated. We have a few things going on here. Number one, this star originally shown in the east eventually guided these men south. Two, this star originally shown in the east would have shifted significantly in the time the journey took for these men to leave their homes, travel to Jerusalem, and then south to Bethlehem. It is entirely possible the star field would have shifted this star completely out of view for the season by journey's end. Number three, this was 2,000 years ago. There's a concept called precession, which means that the Earth doesn't rotate at a perfect 90-degree angle, but rather wobbles like a top. Earth completes one of these cycles approximately every 26,000 years. While stars generally stay in the same position relative to each other in the night sky, especially over a short amount of time like 2,000 years, the star field relative to us on Earth can shift significantly in this same amount of time. And number four, there's a chance that it may have been another phenomenon entirely, such as a comet, a supernova, or possibly a planetary alignment. Various historical records note some interesting phenomena happening in and around the time of Jesus' birth, but there's always disagreements on which year his birth actually was, which greatly alters what, if any, celestial event would coincide with his birth. So where does that leave us with the Star of Bethlehem? What was it, and where can we see it? I don't know. I wish I could tell you. Many great minds have spent untold years combined trying to sort out this very story. Historians, biblical scholars, astronomers, and astrologists alike have all had their say as to what the Bethlehem star may have actually been, but the truth may be lost to time and translation. For many, it remains a matter of faith. For many others, it remains part of their Christmas traditions manifesting as the star on top of the Christmas tree. For most of the rest of the world, it may forever remain a fascinating mystery. And for you... May this information be a bold and confident icebreaker this holiday season. That's all for this week, Scientifically Speaking. If you want to learn more or disagreed with anything posed here, I invite you to look it up. He's a man of fact, scientifically. Christmas fun in the snow, sleigh rides, building a snow person, snowball fights. <laughs> I've always said snow brings out the best in people, unless you're one of those guys driving an SUV on a snowy highway, going 90 miles per hour, thinking that because you have a four-wheel drive that the ice... Oh, <laughs> never mind. It's Christmas time, and it's snowing. Let's just enjoy the ride. 
look at the show. We're riding in a wonderland of snow. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, it's grand. Just holding your hand. We're riding along with the song of a wintry fairyland. Our cheeks are nice and rosy and comfy, cozy are we. We're snuggled up together like two birds of a feather would be. Let's take the road before us and sing a chorus or two. Come on, it's lovely weather for us. They ride together with you. There's a birthday party at the home of Farmer Gray. It'll be the perfect ending of a perfect day. We'll be singing the songs we love to sing without a single stop at the fireplace while we watch the chestnuts pop. Pop, 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 there's a happy feeling nothing in the world can buy when they pass around the coffee and the pumpkin pie. It'll nearly be like a picture print by Courier and Dives. These wonderful things are the things Remember all through our lives Let's take the road before us And sing a chorus or two Come on, it's lovely weather For a sleigh ride together with you I hope you enjoyed the odd bits and end pieces Christmas special. However you celebrate it, here's wishing you, from the cast, a happy and safe holiday season. Ho, 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 ho. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy. Sunshine, my 